0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Do you remember what it was like to fall in love? All those thoughts. Could this be the real thing? Is this possible? Might this be the one? Might might this happen? Or those same questions when a team you're playing on might win the tournament. Your mother has always been convinced you're going to win, but you have not been sure about that. Rather like Peter in Luke's Gospel this morning, saying that the women's tail was an idle one and he brushed them aside. You're like that, you can't quite believe. But all the same, maybe, just maybe, this could be your time. Possible you could win this one. Or have you grown weary of looking and applying for jobs in this economy? The wolf is at the door and a prospective employer finally, one in thousands it seems, calls you back and wants to know if you might be available for an interview, just one, after all these months, and you find yourself not wanting to believe, but really wishing this could be the break that you've been needing. Do you know what those feelings are? Because if you do, you know what the disciples at the tomb knew, and that is real hope. Real hope is the possibility of change, the possibility of newness of life, almost against reason. We all know something about hoping for change. Now, if you'll forgive a little mischief, earlier this year, we were treated to the news that the former governor of Alaska, with presidential aspirations, having a dig at the president, asked the crowd, how's that hopey changey thing working out for you? (laughs) Now, before we cheer or jeer at the questioner or the questioned, Uh, It's worth pointing out the obvious. We would all be much happier and better off if we avoid assigning messianic expectations to politicians. They will always, always, they're guaranteed to disappoint us if we lay such a burden on them. At the same time, Sarah Payne's question is not such a bad one for Christians on Easter Day. How are the promises of hope and change working out for you? How are the promises of a reasonable and holy hope along with the reality of newness of life working out for you? How is it going? How is the reality of Jesus' resurrection making a difference in your life? At least, there is at least one aspect of this, this hope that is a curious source, one aspect of the resurrection that is a curious source of hope. And that lies in the reality there was nothing that Jesus could do to bring about this change. He couldn't get up himself. He was dead. And what the scripture says is God raised Jesus from the dead. And scripture likes to say that in raising Jesus from the dead, Jesus was vindicated against all charges of blasphemy and treason and rebellion and the like. Jesus was vindicated. He was shown to be whom and what he claimed to be. Just as he had gone to his grave on Friday, keeping faith with the source of his life, On the third day, God raised him out of death, cleared him of all charges. God made manifest. And this reality was shown to his followers in spite of their doubts, spite of their worry. And they bore witness to what they saw. This week, we had Tom Long here. Tom Long is the bandy professor of preaching at Candler School, and he was our guest preacher for lunchtimes during Holy Week. And one day he told the story of how he had, last year, been pulled over by a policeman, a traffic policeman, and given a ticket and charged with obstructing the flow of traffic. And he did not take this lying down. He did not think he has obstructed the flow of traffic. He went and looked up the law. He's professorial. He went to the books. He went <laughs> to his friends at the law school. He went to LexisNexis. And he was sure that he had. No, he went to case law and he had a big manila folder full of facts that made it clear that he was not breaking the law he had not obstructed the flow of traffic and finally his day in court came and he showed up with his folder and the judge came in and the courtroom was packed and someone called Thomas Long to the front of the bench and he came up and the judge said Dr. Long the policeman who gave you the ticket has left the police force there's no one to stand witness against you you're free to go Now, Tom realized he was not altogether happy about this. (laughs) See, he wanted to make his case. He wanted to demonstrate his innocence. He wanted to enjoy a victory, a delicious victory of being right. And instead, he had to recognize something in him that most of us can recognize in ourselves, that there are times when we would rather be right than be free. He was free to go with no one to bear witness against him, he had not been vindicated. He'd he not been shown to be right. He'd been granted only half of what he wanted. See, the truth is that in the end, for all of us, real <coughs> vindication and real freedom are only in the gift of God. They're never something we can achieve for ourselves. Never something that we can, we can never make ourselves righteous. We can never justify ourselves. That's always got to be the gift of God. It's part of the truth and consequence of Jesus' resurrection, that being declared right or righteous is God's gift. Being brought into right relationship with God and all of creation is, in the end, a supreme act of grace, not something we can do ourselves. And more than that, this vindication overturns all our assumptions about the way things ought to be ordered, overturns everything that is deathly in this world. All of our pretensions, all of our sin, all of our violent instincts, all of our needs to get ahead of others at their expense, all of those things are overturned by grace. And when we know the resurrection... We know that death is not the last word in life, but love is the last word in life. And when we know that the power of death is vanquished in the grace of God, then we St. Paul we can cry, O death, where is thy victory? Where is thy sting? Even death has been turned upside down. Now with hope, reasonable and holy hope in the resurrection comes change. Change. We are shown in Jesus the way of integrity, the way of wholeness, the way of life. We find the seeds of real change and newness of life in him. Just as he went to his death in a way that when he went to his death he unmasked many of the mechanisms by which we try and justify ourselves, by which we manage our anxiety, by which we do violence one to another that keep us having to face the possibility that we are caught up in the ways of death. We don't have to be like Pilate and Herod making friends and conspiring to go along with the crowd and putting Jesus to death and, 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 and creating a victim. What happened at his trials, he didn't say anything. They said, are you the king of the Jews? And he said, you say that I am. He pointed out their bad behavior. And what happens when we point out the bad behavior of someone else, we become the issue. Do we need more? Do we need witnesses? You've heard him. He's blasphemed. He's, he's condemned himself. He's the problem. He's the problem. He's the problem. Get rid of him. Kill him. And we can feel good about that because we're taking care of business. It's it's anxiety that we all have that we manage in similar ways every day when we create a sense of togetherness by criticizing someone who's not present. And we get that lovely sense that we're in it together at their expense. When we turn on people who point out a behavior of which we're ashamed and make them the issue. When we whip up populist fear or rage for our own ends. All of the ways we participate in death wherever we use power to create distinction at the expense of another. And Jesus just showed all that for what it was. Showed us all of that deathliness by which we manage so much of the discourse and commerce of life. He showed it when he refused to answer at his trial in that kangaroo court. And the price of his integrity, as we know, was his life. It's our fear of death that keeps us caught in those mechanisms and cycles of violence and oppression. And in the resurrection, a new way is opened. A new way is shown. A change is possible when we start living with the courage to have integrity and be even more the beloved people we were created to be. And we can do that when we know that death is not the last word in life. Hope is like falling in love or beginning to think we might win a tournament or get a job. Living into this newness of life, fueled by a reasonable and holy hope, is a long-term, lifelong task. Not something done overnight or in the twinkling of an eye, but practiced over and over, year in and year out. But on this day in particular, we can say without shame or fear that that hopey, changey thing is pretty good. That messianic expectation that we hold fast and we hold dear is working out pretty well for us and for all whom God has made. It's why we're confident, why we say, Alleluia, Christ has risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia.